Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please, enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. Good morning, church. Can you hear me? <laughs> Hello. Please do take your seats after, you, of course, you have fully fueled up with caffeine. But then please take your seats. Thank you. Welcome to our many visitors today. We are so pleased to see you. You are so welcome. Please do make sure you're fully caffeine-fueled, as I said. Um, we, I will talk you through the service this morning, though I suspect you might have a slight giveaway with the presence of the Dugmores, which I suspect you, you might know about. Um, welcome, Dugmores. We are so happy and excited to see you, I have to say. Real excitement today. Um, I'm going to open in prayer, uh, and in honour of the wind, I'm going to open with Psalm 19 as well. Um, I will just open with prayer. Father God, as Sue said to me just now, we are an international church. This tiny little church on the southeast coast of England is an international church. It's part of your international body. And we celebrate that. And we love that you have a global view of who we are, but also a very intimate view of who we are as well. What an amazing God you are. Um, Please bless this service today. Speak to us into our hearts through um, Dan and Susie. Open our ears. Uh, May we be attentive to you. In Jesus' name, amen. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuits to the other. Nothing and the meditations of my heart, of our hearts, be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm going to ask Susie to come and lead us in worship. It's really wonderful to be with you. Um, can I start with an African song? Is that all right? Now, now, African worship is a little bit different to here in that you actually, it sometimes feels like aerobics workout. Um, so if I could get you, I'm going to teach you the chorus, which involves a bit of movement. Is that okay with everybody? We can stand up on your feet and we'll just practice that before I grab the guitar. Okay. So... It says, I walk, I walk here, there. Yeah, the kids and Daniel can help. That would be great. I, I look around. And then I search, I search. I search, I search. Here, there. There's no one, there's no one like him. Amazing, guys. Great. Let's do that. no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like him. Oh, there's no one, there's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like, I walk, I walk, and I walk, I walk here, there. I turn around here, there. I search, I search, here, there, there's no one, there's no one at him. I walk, I walk, I walk, I walk. Here, there, I took around. Here, there, I search, I search. Here, there, there's no one, there's no one like him. I'm gonna do it in African. Balibe Ofanana, yes. Balibe Ponce, Ponce, Dazungulil, 
Dafuna, funa, ponce, ponce, sada, vise. I walk, I walk, and I walk, I walk. Here, there, I turn around. Here, there, I search, I search. Here, there, there's no one, there's no one like him. Wait, well done, guys. Father, I thank you that you are with us, uh, that you walk with us, that you are here in this place, that you move in our midst, that you change everything and make it beautiful. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us and that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Simple as that. Um, speaking of children, I am going to uh, hand over to Sue in a minute. We have a family time where our children are involved um, very much in the service as our special VIPs. You guys, you're the VIPs. Um, and following that, we will hear a bit more from Dan after some notices. So I'll hand over to Sue. Okay, you might have noticed our phrases that are on the wall. And um, for those of you that may not know, these are things Jesus said when he was uh, declaring his manifesto. If you want to follow me, and here I am, I've come from the kingdom of heaven to uh, be with you on earth. This is the kind of people that follow me. So here we are, everyone who's following Jesus. We are here, aren't we? We're following Jesus, including kids. Everyone here, we can all say, yes, we follow Jesus. And we've been learning these uh, points that Jesus make, and they're unlikely. How can somebody poor in spirit be happy? How can someone who's mourning be happy? How can someone who's meek be <laughs> Well, we've got and uh, those that are hungry for right and eager for good. Those people, Jesus said, are happy. They will be filled. They will be satisfied. So we've, we've been listening to a wonderful Bible teacher called Douglas. And here he is again. Yeah, well done, Douglas. Thank you, Douglas. Now, uh, kids, we have a little game that we now play. And I've got some letters on this table in the front. And um, the word merciful, just remind us, what does merciful mean? Yes. Yeah, you are listening well. Well done. So merciful starts with a m. So if you come up to the table, see if you can find m. Now there's a trick, because these letters are all upside down. So if you take the m, next, merciful. What comes next? Merciful. E, go and find E, mer, what comes next? R, well done. What comes next? S, what's the S in merciful? How do you spell it? It's a difficult one, this one. C, well done, well done. So come and find C and then start, um, can you show this little chap how we put it on the wall? Right, merciful, what comes next? Yeah, we've had fur. What comes after fur? Fall. Ah, ah. And one more. L. Go on. Yeah. Sorry we missed you out today. Merciful. You can check whether they've put it right up on the upon our board. I. Would you like to do I? Sorry. Um I? Can you do I? Thank you. We've got an I there instead of a la. Thank you. Okay. All right, everybody. Remember the message. In this church, we are merciful. Louder. In this church. <laughs> in this. <laughs> yes. In this.
this church, we are merciful. Thank you, Lord. And we do thank you for your mercy, Lord. You gave us the example. Your mercy towards us is absolutely unending. And we do thank you that you've been merciful to each one of us. You've forgiven us for all our sin. As far as the east is from the west, you've put our sin away. And we thank you. We are free of sin. We don't carry that burden. Thank you, Lord. No guilt. Wow. Thank you, Lord. So help us in our lives always to be merciful to those around us. Thank you, Lord. We will get hurt. We will get upset with people. But Lord, thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> thank you. Now, I was listening. I suspect it might have been someone's birthday this week. Who, anyone know who that person? I don't know. Who could it be, Mr. Thomas? Thomas, would you like to come up? Um, and you're with Jeanette today, who happens to be your prayer warrior, so that's awesome. Um, so, Jeanette, would you like to come up as well? We'd love to, and maybe pray for Thomas. And someone start happy birthday, because I don't want to get it wrong. Are you inside? Yes. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Thomas. Happy birthday to you. Father, thank you for Thomas as he enters his seventh year. Wow. I saw him two minutes after he was born, this boy, all by accident. <laughs> um, <laughs> Father, I thank you. I pray this year that as he's getting so much better at reading, that he will grow into a tremendous love for your word, Lord that he will just hunger and thirst to be in your word, for your word is truth, and your word sets him free. So, Father, we just pray for Thomas this year. May we encourage him in his pursuit of you. May he grow up to be a fine, godly young man. Amen. Just a couple of notices before we go on, and I'll hand over to Dan shortly. It's a testimony night, which you can join by Zoom, and you'll hear some fascinating stories. I think it was a guy who's in the Australian Navy this Monday. Uh, it's at 8 o'clock, and you'll find the Zoom link on the email that gets sent around by uh, Martin. If you can't find it, give me a shout, and I'll, and I'll let you know wh where, where to find that. Um, I don't know if this has been resolved, but somebody was after a spare laptop, and I wonder if anyone has a spare laptop, if you could let Martin know as there's a need for it in the church. Um, and finally, I think, date for your diary. There's a church meeting on the 27th of March. It takes place within the service, so you don't have to do anything different. Just arrive. That would be fine. But be prepared to hear from God and hear a bit about where the church is going. Martin. Final notice, uh, visitors as well, you are very welcome to join us for lunch afterwards if you would like to. We always have plenty to go around, uh, miraculously, and also because Sue buys lots of beans. So you're very, very welcome to join us. Um, I'm going to hand over to Dan, unless there's any other notices. We will send the children out um, in a little while. Hi there, good morning. <laughs> Daniel, Susie, Ben and Beth. Your missionaries in Africa, um, and I think what I'd like to start with, um, if you want to go on to the next slide, um, if that's, can we shift on to the next slide? There we go. I think I want to start a little bit with some news about what's been going on in Zaleka, because that is the YWAM base that you as a church have really been a big part of supporting. Um, so it was, how many years ago was it that you guys came to be with us? When was that? 2018, so just before our last trip back. We, we came back after that, didn't we? Yeah. And so I think that's when Martin, I think well, all of you met, but then you had a special connection with... Um, Trezor and Thalon, who had a vision because they felt that they had heard God. So in Youth with a Mission, we encourage young people to get to know God. Our, our, our declaration is to know God and make him known. But when you know God, 
you then need to listen to him for what he is telling you to do and then to go and obey and then don't quit. We'll get, we'll, I'll invite you up in two seconds to do that with us. So to listen to God and obey. Because one of the things that we're always, I'm always asking myself is what message makes a fisherman into an apostle? What simple teaching makes a fisherman into an apostle? You know, sometimes our gospel is so complicated, you really need to go and get a theology degree in order to be able to communicate it with anybody else. And we know that these fishermen just hung out with Jesus, which was, there was some sure there was theology in that, but it was a simple message that these fishermen took hold of and then went and shared with others that they could then go and share it with others. Because that's the big thing, isn't it? A simple message that you understand that you can share with somebody else to go and share with somebody else. So we feel this, if we go on to the next slide, to listen, obey, and then not quit is one of the simple things that we teach young people. If they listen to God, and when they've got the confirmed word of God, then they obey, and then they don't quit. Do you want to come and show them the actions for this? This is going to come up through this presentation, so you're going to have to do this with us. What do we do? We listen, and then we obey, and then we don't quit. So can you do that with us? You're you right. It's all actions today. African songs, and so... You, so then you, uh, you can't, can't stand up, stand up, stand up. Come up. So then what do we do? We listen and then we obey and then turn to your neighbor and say, don't quit. We'll do that one more time. We listen, we obey, and then turn to your neighbor, don't quit. Some of you need to be told that today. Tell your neighbor, don't quit. Uh-huh. Some of you need to hear that today. You've been thinking about quitting, but you need to not quit, because God's spoken to you. We've got a video here. Yes. Oh, definitely. Don't quit. We've got a video um, of, so as a church, you bought the first bit of land for Trezor and Fallon to start this vision that they'd heard from God. And that was a big, big jump of faith for you guys to jump in with them and buy that land to start the farming project. And then we shared that vision with others and a trust jumped in to help build this base for them. So this wouldn't have happened if you guys hadn't listened as well and then obeyed and stepped in with them. Let's, let's... 50,000 refugees in the camp there and you see where the base is just here next to the camp. So they're Burundi, Rwanda, Uganda, South Sudan, Somalia, Congo. So I would like to say thanks to God from what he has done for us. From this uh, building that God has built for us. Say to your neighbor, now is the time for us. Thank you very much. Yesterday it was uh, a big part. We open our base officially through this base. We're going to transform many refugees. One thing that I can truly promise you is that we always think how we can work in a refugee camp. We always see what we can do for the refugees. Now we have the building. We have the place we can farm. We farm, we do sports, we work with the widows, and we work with the leaders of the church. This is the time for us to express. This is the time for us to show them the place of healing so that we can do what God has called us to do. To be honest, I have, I have seen different uh, production from it so far, whereby young men uh, from sport ministry has been trained 
by a certain man of God by using it. Which means this birth gonna transform many people. Yay, great. Isn't that an amazing building? And they designed that themselves and it's all the different refugees from the camp there that did the building work as well. So really, probably I think one of our best buildings for YWAM in, uh, in Malawi. Um, so really inspiring the, how hard they've worked to do that. Yeah? Um, most of these refugees are people who have really good talent, who are just trapped in this place, and they have really good talent. They're like really good builders, gardeners, and they have really good talent. Yeah, but they can't leave the camp, can they? So this is really unlocking their potential. The, they, like my sister said, have a lot of talent, but also they are um, politicians, children of politicians, people who had a lot of influence in their countries, but a war went on, so they had to flee and ma to make sure that they still stay alive. Yeah, like Jimmy was uh, the son of a politician, of a, a military guy, so his father got killed and on the losing side, so then if you're military on the losing side, then you've got to flee, isn't it? Um, and the same for Trezor, was his father was in uh, a leader, but um, quite a bad leader, so again, he had to join the family business or flee the country. So uh, there's a, hopefully the sound works on this this time. There's a, a, just a special thank you video for you as a church from Trezor and Fallon. Hello, Livingston Church. How are you doing? It has been a long time. We, we are not chatting. So, we would, like, we would like just to say thank you very much for everything that you have been doing for us. Uh, the fact that you have been standing with us uh, during our journey up to now. Really, you have helped us a lot. Without you, I don't think so that we could have done it. But uh, we thank God because always you have been with us, supporting us financially and spiritually. So really, God has been uh, moving into our, into our life together as a family, together as YWAM, God really has been moving with us. The ministry that we have uh, started with have been growing each and every day. Each and every day the ministry has been growing. Now we are having something like uh, seven or eight ministries that we are having. And uh, very soon uh, on uh, October we are going to run our first details, we would like to invite you to stand with us uh, in prayer. And uh, if God really touch your heart, you may stand with us uh, financially to support the volunteers that you are having. We are working together with them. We are expecting them to do details so that you can get involved them to become YWAM. Yeah, I would like for this opportunity to say thanks again for the family of uh, Dagmo for standing with us, for connecting us uh, with you. Really, they have been with us. Uh, they have never give up uh, about us. So thank you very much for everything. We, we like even some words to you so that we can appreciate for everything that you have been doing. And uh, be praying for my wife. Very soon she's going to get delivered. Uh, because we are expecting to have a third baby. She's pregnant. Yeah, just be praying for her so that she can get delivered. Good. I think that she's having also something uh, to hide on top of what I've been speaking. Thank you very much. Uh, we are so thankful to God for waking to us through you. I think it only does a two and a half minute video on uh, WhatsApp, so it stops there. I'm sure she had more lovely things to say. Anyway, big thanks from her. Ben, do you want to come help me with this one? Um, 
we got a quick rundown of their ministries that they are running there now. Should we go on to the next slides? Oh, so wait a second, before that, so you see that this is their volunteer team, so their team has really grown over the last few years. I think this is the volunteers, not the staff, so there's another like six, seven staff on top of this. Um, if you move on to the next slide, so then that's the farming training. A lot of the volunteers are really part of that, um, which was the initial vision, wasn't it, that was shared with you guys. And then that, that number one bit of land is the one that you guys bought. The number two one we bought while we were building as part of the building money. And then I think last week or the week before, we bought plot three and plot four. So plot three and four are now the main farming land. Uh, plot number two is mainly for football at the moment. And then plot number one, because we've got a well in the middle of it, then we're, they're doing irrigated vegetable farming, which is a lot more money. It's, it's worth more than maize to do vegetable farming um, because you get, yeah, the price per hectare, isn't it, of cabbages is more than of maize. Um, so we've still got farmland there, but though actually the land that you bought for farmland, number one, is, is the building and other things, but we've got the now the three and... They do sports ministry. Oh, should we go on to the next slide and they'll tell us about it? We're going to sports, so then... That's the kids kids network. network. Uh -huh. Bible studies. Lots of different ones. Helping the elderly. And carpentry training. Oh, that, that one's not uh -huh. on the... Helping the elderly. Let's <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Dad forgot one. Supporting, supporting the disabled, and again, we sports ministry. Um, is there another one there? So then we said that there's this discipleship training school, which they're going to do a justice house of prayer, and then also a sports one. So then there's two DTSs running. That's our discipleship school. So they're hoping that all their volunteers will now go through that discipleship school, and then there's a movement of training refugees that we believe is going to go out to the nations from there. Wonderful. Let's go on to the next slide. This is again Thank you so much. a prayer from them. We miss even some words to explain so that we can say thanks from what you have been doing. May the Lord bless you. May himself God provide for you as well. And may the Lord protect your family. May he protect you. May he bless you. And may the Lord grant you everything according to your heart desire. We always think it looks a bit fake, almost like it's a CGI building in the African landscape there. Somehow the roof's too straight or something. Yeah. that weird glint that you get on it almost as if it's photographically done or yeah you're right there ben so i actually would like to i felt that you need to receive that blessing and i felt there was some authority on that blessing from them could we rewind a slide in a moment and play that last blessing but i'd like you to stand and receive that blessing over your families and over your lives. They really said they want to bless you and pray for you and release that blessing over you as people that stand with them. Is that possible? Can we be upstanding? And then let's come before the Lord and let these refugees, because often we want, we, we have these relationships, isn't it, where we're the ones blessing them, but actually that's not kingdom. Kingdom is partnership, and they have blessing to release over you and they want to bless you as you bless them. I want to give you a little broader view of what we're doing in Africa. Is that good? Let's see if that works. So 11, 12 years ago, we had this vision, a self-sustaining prayer, prayer and mission base with Malawians at its core within 10 years. That's what we felt. We always ask God for something to give ourselves to for a period of time. Does that make sense? So that was 10 years where we said we're going to give ourselves to this focus. So if we sk skip on to the next one. And so we were coming here in Malawi, and when we arrived, the Longway base was there. We started the Blantyre base, and then we felt God gave us this picture of a wheel, and he said, ten bases, not one base, which was a stretching of that vision. Um, but again, that's the, what we do is we listen, and then we obey, and then we don't quit. Yes? 
So as we listened, we, lots of us heard the same thing, because I believe when God speaks, he speaks to hear God together, and lots of people had this vision of a wheel, uh, which was the spokes of the wheel, the ten of them was where these centers were going to be. And then, you know, we prayed for some years, and God did it. So then these are the bases that were planted over those uh, 10, 11 years. Um, the Blantyre, and Tadjan, Sanama, Mankamba, Palombi, Chihuahua School, and Cheo and Blantyre, two seeds in Blantyre. Then there's Aleka Camp, one that you've been involved in with Zomba, and then this last few years, Malala, and now we've started shifting out into the neighboring countries, uh, one in Harare a couple of years ago, and one that we're pushing now in Makushi, and then actually another one up in Mangochi as well, um, that's launching at the moment. Um, so, let's move on to the next slide. Again, how does that happen? We listen, let's do that together. We listen, and then we obey, and then we don't quit. So many things don't happen in our lives because we have heard God, we have stepped out in obedience, but before it manifests, we feel discouraged or we get distracted by the next thing. Yeah, I find that in my life. So I started to see that there is a, there's a, a principle there of fruitfulness often comes with a time of not quitting. Um, you need to stay long enough in obedience until the fruit comes. Um, as we've started to shift into, we've then taken on this click again, we've taken on a role um, with South Central Africa. Um, let's keep on clicking through, hopefully it will just do that. So South Central Africa is Mozambique, uh, Zambia, um, Zimbabwe, Malawi and Zimbabwe, and Angola. So that's five nations that we're now kind of convening elders, that's drawing the leaders of all those nations together. Um, and because of that role, if we move on to the next one. Okay, one of the big reasons, so now again, I'm asking God, we've got another five, seven years that we're going to focus in a, in a more direct way onto those five nations. So I'm asking God, what do we, what's our focus for this next years? What do you want to do in these nations that we can engage with you? Now, there is a move globally going on. At the moment, worldwide, Christianity is at what, somewhere around 1.9 billion Christians in the world, isn't it, at the moment? Um, and Pew Research would say that we're going to within, by 2060, we'll be up to about 3 million. I mean, unless the great end-time revival comes in, which we're always believing for, but statistically, the way it's going, we lift to about 3 billion Christians by 2060. Lift to the global south. So at the moment, if you look at sub-Saharan Africa and Latin America, and then the Asia-Pacific, more than 50% of all believers are now in the southern hemisphere. Now that's a shift in the last 20, 25 years. But if you look at that shift in Africa, now that's not that the rest of the world's Christianity is shrinking per se. Many places it's holding the same or growing, but in sub-Saharan Africa, there's a prediction that there will be a massive increase and sub-Saharan Africa will have more than 40% of all believers in the world by 2060. So it's an amazing shift. When that shift happened the last 20 years or 25 years in South America, South America started to become a huge powerhouse of missions, and now our Argentinian, Brazilian, and Chilean missionaries make up a massive percentage of world missions. So we believe, and one of the reasons why we're investing our lives in South Central Africa is to be part of that process of encouraging and training uh, and in Africa to take up its role in completing the Great Commission. If we move on to the next slide... We love this declaration, now is the time for Africa. That Africa's responsibility for the Great Commission is dawning. And the thing that I feel, we're still asking for God to confirm this, the thing that I feel that we are contending for is for three sending movements per nation in sub-Saharan Africa. Now Malawi's already got two or three sending movements. Now a movement is... I would count a movement to be um, when there's a multiplication of discipleship which goes beyond the control of the leaders of it. 
yeah? Then it's become a movement. So we've got this, that church planting movement that's hit one and a half thousand churches in the last six, seven years. It's become an indigenous people movement in one part of Malawi. And the next stage is it becomes a sending movement. They've already sent a few, but we're believing that they're going to start sending more movement starters north into North Africa and the Middle East. So this is for us as a family, one of the things that we feel to give ourselves to for the next five to seven years is working with those five nations of sub-Saharan Africa there in South Central to get them ready for these sending movements to be functional and doing their Antioch sending up into North Africa and the Middle East. Why? Because we want to complete the Great Commission. Why is that important? Because Africa is taking up its place. And statistically, if zero Christians went to the mission field in sub-Saharan Africa, normally it's 3%, okay? Statistically, missions over history has been 3% of the church have gone into missions. Now, if only half a percent of Africans went into missions, we're talking about evangelical sub-Saharan Africans, it would be the largest move of God in missions that the world has ever seen. That's what we're there for. Now, we're not going to do that. We're going to be there to say to people, like I think you probably saw me on the video that they made, I'm there with these, these Congolese missionaries saying, now is the time for Africa. This is your time. The world needs you. Go. Um, let's go on to the next one. So we've just been on a journey. So because we took up this role, we said, how are we going to do this? And we listened, and God said, go on the road and visit everybody. But we said, oh, but there's a pandemic. So what do we do, Lord? We're scared. He said, go. So, but we're scared. Go. So we've just come back before we came here from a 30,600-kilometer drive um, I think we, we calculated we stayed in 68 beds and visited 35 or 36 YWAM bases. Zimbabwe, we're doing most of that. They really locked down the nation during COVID, and Angola's been tricky as well. Um, wonderful journey. Lots of COVID tests, lots of uh, interesting breakdowns, but we really saw that there was something important about getting to these isolated locations and encouraging them now is their time. Um, yes. Let's go on to the next slide. So why did we do it? Let's do this. We listened. We obeyed. And then we're in the process of not quitting. Yes? <laughs> That's the... I think some of us are in that process, isn't it? Who's in the process of not quitting at the moment? Yeah? But also, I think some of us can also be in the process. I was recently saying, with these five nations, I was saying to God, give me a fresh word. What do you want us to do in these five nations? And he said to me, I'm not going to say anything more to you, but you didn't do what I said last time. So I was like, oh. Mm -hmm, mm. And, but I said, oh, but Lord, last time you told me to unite all the leaders in prayer, and then I told that to some of them, and they disagreed that that was a good idea. So... Uh, they don't like me. They don't want to do what I say. And he said, and? Are you with me? Sometimes we have heard, but the obedience, and when I actually stepped out and we did it, everyone was really positive. It was just one or two people that I shared with it first that had been negative. Everybody else was positive. You know what I'm saying? There's sometimes when we've heard God, we do need to be careful who we go and share our dreams with. Yeah? And also, I think we need to be careful that we're somebody that people can share their dreams with. Yeah? I, me and Susie can be, we love dreaming together, but sometimes we can be the worst about each other's dreams. Because we share something and we want to kind of correct and see the areas where it needs to be adjusted before we come into agreement and say that's exciting. Yeah? Like Susie has an idea for something creative and prophetic and artistic and I'm like oh I don't know about oh you should do it this way and that way and I haven't helped her to move forwards into her dream I've been trying to make it correct rather than dream with her um, are you safe for people to dream with 
so they can move from hearing into obeying. I mean, that's really what church is about. One of the things that I believe church is about is a place to dream with others, where we can encourage each other to dream and step out and obey. Now, I've got a bit of a sermon, that I've, some teaching that I'd like to bring. How, when should I, what did we say? About 20 minutes? 15 minutes? Okay, let's see. Well, we'll probably, good. Now, good. So, we had this experience to go on this journey of sub-Saharan Africa. We had to overcome quite a bit of fear. Um, and because we were scared that we were going to get stuck in different countries, there was a lot of fear about the COVID stuff. There was a lot of fear about our vehicle was old, it was going to break down on the road. Nervousness about our children and their education. And, and man, fear can really hold you back, can't it, from moving into what God's called you to do. I don't know if you agree I've been noticing that there is an increase of fear on the earth at the moment. Who else feels that that is the case in your experience? There's an increase of fear on the earth globally as far as I'm noticing. So I was looking in what Jesus was saying. I'm not an end-time theologian, but I like to look at what Jesus says. So I was looking in Luke at what Jesus was saying about the time before he returns. Let's go on to the next scripture. And so I was looking in Luke 21, and this one, if you've got a Bible, we're really going to start in verse 16, but I started reading in verse 5. So, now Luke speaks about two circumstances. The first one he speaks about is the destruction of the temple, and then the second one he speaks about is the end of the world, yeah? So the first one is the end of the Jerusalem temple and the rule of Jerusalem, on 70 AD. But then he moves on at the end of that chapter into speaking about the end of the age, yeah? The disciples ask him two questions. When will this happen, the destruction of the temple, and what will be the signs of the end of the age? Now, they thought that was the same thing, yeah? They thought they were asking one question, when will Jerusalem be destroyed? What will be the signs of the end of the age? But actually, he's like, well, I'll answer you, but that's two questions. So the beginning of the chapter, he deals with the destruction of Jerusalem. 70 AD, the Romans show up and destroy the temple. And there's some in interesting things in there that they say, flee to the mountains when you see the armies gathering. People that read that, and historic history shows they did that, they escaped the destruction because they obeyed this scripture. So Jesus was prophesying over 70 AD, but then, I am not good at eschatology, but when I was reading this, I saw some things that were simple enough to me to grab hold of. Um, he says here, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. Actually, I'm going to rewind. Just before that, he says there'll be wars, earthquakes, persecutions, and pestilences. But he says, don't worry, these are just birth pains. There's something interesting there. Part of the message of Jesus when he talks about the end times and the wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and persecutions, he says, these are just birth pains, they're not the end. Now what he's saying to us is, whenever you see a war or a plague or a problem, don't get into this camp that says it's the, it's the end of the age. It's just the birth pains, the end of the age is clear, and he lays out what's going to happen. I've noticed, friends, I've noticed for us as the church, we have a habit of grabbing hold of fake news on Facebook. Are you with me? I've noticed some of my really dear friends that really love Jesus, when some kind of fake thing goes out there that's like, oh, this is what's happening in the world... They don't check it on snoops, and actually it's not true. It's someone's done something that is kind of clickbait to share, and we can sometimes... So Jesus is saying here, when you see these rumors and what, it's not the end of... It's not the end. It's just the birth pains before the end. Hallelujah. Good. Is that 
16 or 25. Okay. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehension of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At the time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. I don't really want to go into the, the final signs of Jesus appearing on the, on the, in the clouds. What I'd like to just underline is this element of fear that's going on here. So it says people will faint with terror, apprehension of what is coming on the world. It says there'll be anguish and perplexity on the earth. So for me, as I read this, before Jesus returns, there will be an increase of fear to the point that people are fainting because they're so frightened. Um, before I go any more on, on any more with that, I, don't, I, I have had some anxiety stuff in my life, and I don't want to put down anybody that's had anxiety in their lives. There's some real serious stuff that goes on when people get medical stuff to do with anxiety. Um, are, are you with me? And, and I've even ended up sort of having some kind of calming pills which I had for a while just because I was getting a little bit too anxious about things. So please, as I talk about this, I don't, I mean, I don't want to deal lightly with some really serious stuff that people go through and that sometimes we need some medication to deal with. Amen? Um, but I would like to just to highlight here that as we see fear increasing on the earth, Jesus said before he returns, there will be a global increase of fear. So we as the church need to become better, stronger at overcoming fear if we're going to operate in these hours before Jesus returns. Um, I've got a quote from Rick Warren. He says this, Fear is a self-imposed prison that will keep you from becoming what God intends you to be. You must move against it in all the weapons of faith and love. We were the most fearful before we drove out of our base on that journey. The biggest level of fear was when we were in the safety of our home in Blantyre. Yeah? But when we actually set off and we found God was with us, most of the time we were really free from fear. So that's weird, isn't it? I was looking at this theme of overcoming fear and I found this nice, again, another quote from, a guy, from Will Smith. I don't think the guy's a believer, but I love this quote about fear. Um, and uh, it really spoke to my heart because it was what I'd experienced. He says this, The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may never, ever exist. This is near insanity. Do you understand do not, understand, do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. He goes on to say this, that he learned this when he was skydiving. Before he jumped, he was full of fear, but when he had jumped, he was blissfully at peace. He stated that the point of maximum danger is the point of minimum fear. Will questioned himself about why he was fearful the night before since there was no reason to be scared. There was no danger then. Ending his statement, he stated that God placed the best things in life on the other side. Interesting. God placed the best things on life on the other side of fear. Man, we've really, we really moved into some fruit. We really enjoyed this trip. But there was real fear to step into it. And actually, you hear God, but to obey and step out into fruitfulness involves overcoming our fears. Speaking out. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of the time, the thing that holds us back as well is fear of man. Yeah? I can have that. Like, to actually share my heart... In, with other people, I can fear that people are, I'm going to say it wrong, I'm going to be misunderstood, I'm going to sound, I'm not going to give glory to God in the way that, you know what I'm saying, it's somehow going to make a mistake in it, 
and then I'll be criticized or I'll be, man, that fear of man can really hold us back, can't it? From being who God has called us to be. So because I was looking at this area of fear, I decided to reach out to some of my friends who I felt were heroes of faith in overcoming fear. So I got on the phone to to different missionaries across South Central Africa, and I phoned them up, and I just asked them how they overcome fear. So the first ones I phoned up were a guy called Denise and Balbina. Now, they're in northern Mozambique, and in that area, we've got a Muslim incursion there. Lots of people have been killed, and these refugees have fled down to Pemba, where Denise and Balbina have started uh, a YWAM base there. And I asked them, how do you overcome fear? And he said this to me. He said, number one, God has called us to be there. If he calls us, he will protect us. And he said, but when at one point, the Muslims got closer and all the other missionaries fled. So he said, as the missionaries fled, his peace left as well. So he said, I prayed and I asked God again. And he prayed until the peace returned and then he continued to be obedient. So hearing God and continuing to hear God. And when God speaks, his voice has peace in his voice. And now he said, God then showed him, don't look at the danger, look at, look at this with my perspective and see the potential. They've now got Uh, Last time I counted, it was 200,000 refugees there, but it was going up as we speak. And he said their opportunity to... And they fled, and they fled their their faith in Islam at the same time, and are very open to receive the gospel. And he said it's one of the most wonderful opportunities to declare the gospel in a very difficult situation. You either kill the fear of man in your life or the fear of man in your life will kill the call of God in your life. Yeah? I'm going to say that again. I Really, this has spoken to my heart a lot. You either kill the fear of man in your life or the fear of man will kill the call of God in your life. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, have you killed the fear of man in your life? Uh Uh-huh. Ask them. Have you killed the fear of man in your life? What we're saying is the fear of man is a calling, killing disease in your life. If you don't attack it, what did Rick Warren say? He said, attack it with the weapons of love and faith. We need to, it's one of the most dangerous things in our life is fear that we are not engaging with and coming against. We need to identify that fear in our life and now say, I have got a mission to go against that fear and deal with it. Now, that might not be an overnight thing, but we need to identify that it's present and that it is a very dangerous thing in our life that will rob us eternally of the call that God has on our lives. We need to pray more and worry less. Worry less about what man thinks, about tomorrow and about our lives. I phoned another lady, a lady called Annika. She's planted five bases in Mozambique in her lifetime. Single lady, Dutch, and uh, she planted one base in Beira in the independence war. She planted another in Kilimani in the civil war. She planted Lashinga, and now in her late 60s, she's planting another base in Makula, which is in the north of Mozambique. Actually, a month ago, they had to be evacuated with all of their disciples that were part of their evangelism groups because the Muslim incursion started burning all the villages around where they were living. So I gave her a ring, and I said, how do you keep on overcoming? Because she's there on her own, single lady. Um, I think she must be in her late 60s, early 70s now. She's a real hero. I'm like, if I could be like Annika when I get old, um, still going to the places where the wars are 
and releasing discipling movements in each location. Um, she says, when fear comes and paralyzes her, she prays, often with others, until the fear leaves and peace comes. Then she continues to do what God has told her to do. That's kind of simple, isn't it? That's simple enough to make a fisherman into an apostle. Yeah? What did she say? She says she listens. Uh-huh. She obeys, and then she doesn't quit. And to not quit, she continues to listen, obey, and not quit. Man, so simple, but so life-transforming. Alexander McLean, apparently, he's a reputation as the prince of expositors, expositors, is that, I think that's, anyway, that's what I read about him. Uh, He was in the 19th century in Manchester, and he said this, I really like this, he said, the the Lord is the, he said, only he that says the Lord is the strength of my life can say, of whom shall I be afraid? I'll say that again, only he that says the Lord is the strength of my life can say, of whom shall I be afraid? So actually, when fear arrives, it's a signpost that we have more strength to receive from him. Amen? We see fear and we say, oh, this is exciting. That means I can get strengthened more by you. And as I get strengthened and and you're going to become the strength of my life in an increased way. And as that happens, that fear will start to disappear. Because I am being strengthened by you. So, I've got a meeting this week that I'm really scared of. And uh, it's with somebody really, really powerful. And someone that I feel intimidated by. Um, I dropped out of university, so education is an area of weakness. We're not very rich, we struggle financially, so this is... Education and wealth. And as I look at that, I know this is an opportunity for me to grow in God being the strength of my life. I look at it, and if the meeting goes wrong, then I look if God is not the strength of my life. So I know though this week is difficult, that shaking has the opportunity for me to be more rooted in God and say, the success of the work we're doing is because of God's. What we need is not more money, what we need is more God's. More faith in Him, more closeness to Him, walking with Him. And actually, that feeling of fear is that something exciting is going to happen. I'm going to increase in God being the strength of my life this week. Now, there's some ways that I'm going to do that as well. I'm going to have some times to look at where those fears are coming from. So I've got an appointment tomorrow or something on the phone with somebody to to actually just look at that area. Why am I fearing there? And so I really believe that it's good to talk with wise counselors. This guy's got a good inner healing ministry. And I say, probably I need some more healing so that God is the strength of my life in an increased way. But by the end of this week, this feeling of great fear will move into an increase of God being my strength. In the last six, seven years. But we've had a really tough time there. And uh, the Muslims in the last Ramadan, they said, we're declaring a jihad against the missionaries of that area because we've lost that area to the missionaries. I mean, massive moves of God going on, just not with YWAM, all the other missions in the area as well. An unreached tribe is becoming a reached tribe, reached as we speak. So they declared a jihad against the missionaries of that area. And since then, we've had two of the, two of the small girls of that community
So a real storm that's going on there with lives being lost. Uh, a really serious situation. So, but, but at the same time, so much fruit. Just multiplication of churches. Um, in some ways, when, when the enemy says that jihad, it's, it's almost the last thing the enemy can do is call a jihad. Yeah? After that, there's no increase really beyond that. So it's his final card that he can play. I asked Joseph, how do you overcome fear? And he said this. He said, God showed him, don't listen to the voice of Goliath. Listen to the voice of God. And when someone phones, he says regularly people phone him up and say, strange things will happen to your family if you don't leave. He says, I don't listen to the voice of Goliath. I only listen to the voice of God. Amen? Friends, some of us here are listening to the voice of Goliath in your lives. Goliath was marching up and down saying, you can't do it. I'll destroy you if you try. You're nothing compared to me. And David came along and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who would take his stand against the armies of the living God? That small boy had been listening to David when the army had been listening to Goliath. Friends, what is the voice of Goliath in your life that you're listening to? That's stopping you overcoming the fear of man, overcoming the fear of your inadequacies, overcoming the fear of your own life. I was saying, I brought this to God the other day. I was really scared about my own life in some of the things that we were doing. I said, God, I'm really scared about this. And I brought that to him. And I fellowship with God in the place of my fear. And I felt God say to me, it's all right, Daniel. Everyone dies. Every hundred years, there's a whole new group. Just be obedient to me. So I was like, that's strangely comforting. <laughs> that's what I needed to hear. It's not, I'm not saying that's what you needed to hear, but I chose to fellowship with God in the place of my fear. And God spoke to me what I needed to help me to overcome fear and instead to stand in faith, to continue to obey and not quit. Friends, I think there's, uh, there's two more slides, but I've gone to the next one. I think we've gone through all of this stuff that's on here. But Philippians 1, 9 and 10 says, May your love abound still more and more in all wisdom and spiritual discernment. We need wisdom, but we need wisdom that's rooted in love not sensible ideas rooted in fear. I was looking at my leadership of my family and of different ministries, and I discovered, and I'm still dealing with this, that I sometimes use worst-case scenarios to get people to make choices that I think are, are clever ideas. If you do that, then this might happen. Yeah? And actually, what I discovered I was doing is I was using the spirit of fear to direct people into what I thought were sensible ideas. We need wisdom and discernment. We, we need it to be rooted in love, not rooted in fear. And I felt if I'm going to increase in overcoming fear, my leadership needs to be rooted in love, not rooted in fear. I say to my children, if you do that, you could get hit by a car and die. Are you with me? Fear, fear, fear. I've noticed this popping up all over my life, that fear, as I seek to get rid of it, is actually something that I've used as my friend to help lead people. Jesus, set me free from fear. I've used the voice of Goliath to direct other people. But I want to use the voice of God. What is God saying? Let's, let's listen, obey, and not quit. Let's listen to the voice of God, not listen to the voice of Goliath. I want to end with a, a quote here. Francis Frangipane says this. He says, Beloved, I say, let your fear go. Lest, lest you, let your fears go, lest they make you faint-hearted. Stop inspiring fear in those around you. And now, take your stand in faith. God has been good, and he will continue to manifest his goodness. Let us approach these days expecting to see the goodness of the Lord manifest. Let us be strong and of good courage, for the Lord will fight for us if we stand 
in faith. Amen? Just ask him, is there, show me the voice of Goliath that I've been listening to in my life and renew, highlight your voice in my life. I want to listen to you, not listen to the voice of Goliath. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We want to break agreement now in the name of Jesus with the spirit of fear and the voice of Goliath that we can step out of fear into fruitfulness as we obey you. Show us where that voice of Goliath has been operating in our lives. We want to bind that lying tongue of the devil and pray that your voice would become the loudest one. Show us where that voice is in operation. The Holy Spirit, in those areas where we, you've showed us where the voice of Goliath has been evident, we repent of that, of listening and of allowing that to have access. We forgive those who've used that voice to influence us, and we cut ourselves off in the name of Jesus from Goliath, his voice, the voice of the accuser, having sway and direction in our lives. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, come and lead us forwards that we can listen and abandon. Thanks, Dan. So much to chew on there. So much to think about with the presentation and then right after as well. Um, I will uh, close for us in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together today. And as Dan said, Give us, give us a, attentive ears this week to hear what Goliath's saying, but then the courage to press the mute button and to commune with you, Lord. Lord, let's make decisions this week, not based out of fear, but based out of faith. And Father, when we have those fears, will we bring them to you and will we hear from you? And would that word from you take, take precedence over everything in our lives, Lord? Father, thank you for Dan, for Susie, for Ben and for Beth, Lord. Thank you for the remarkable work that they are doing across South Central Africa and, and as the mission expands as well. And Father, I do pray that for the um, for the vision that Dan is looking for, for the word, the confirmatory word he's looking for from you, Father. I pray, Lord, that it will come and it will come clearly. And Lord, that you will um, once again empower him to listen, uh, to obey and to not quit, Lord. Father, would you bless us as we go this week. Father, thank you for uh, everyone that's here your hand on all our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And lunch is served downstairs shortly to 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, or even quicker. Right. Bless you, everybody.